0: Hey John, how's it going? Long time no see. What is good? Do- go- not what, much. What's good? Not much. Not You know what? I wouldn't say that's true. That's true. Um, John, John, how have you been? How you how, how you been doing?
1: I've been h- hanging in there. When was the last time we recorded? It was like um, start of the month, right?
0: I might have been start of the month. Might have been like end of last month. Uh, don't worry about it. We're not going to worry about it. The listeners aren't going to worry about it. Oh, they're just happy that we're here.
1: I, 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 I'm right, just, I, I'm just trying to sift through my mind and and figure out where where I was the last time we recorded. Um, things I've been up to. I went to the ER. That was it. Uh, horrible experience. Um, <laughs> uh, as many people know, I I live in a in a backwoods town in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina.
0: You live in a location so remote that you are not afraid of doxing yourself.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I constantly post screenshots of my house from space.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite John bits.
1: Um but notoriously in 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 our county, our entire county, uh the the hospital in our town is very bad. It it is never good, it has never been good when when the time came for me to be born uh my family was very adamant about me not being born in that hospital so they drove like Ooh. 40 minutes away uh to Got a different that, hospital uh just just in another county over uh but i had a uh i had a lump show up on my neck uh oh. last week and well no it was 2 weeks ago uh it showed up I'm, uh I, I've mentioned before, I'm jobless, uh, which means I'm insuranceless So whenever mm. medical things happen, I tend to just kind of keep quiet about it and hope that it goes away on its own.
0: America! Uh,
1: America. I love it here. Uh, so for a week, I just kind of sat here with this lump on my neck and it just kind of slowly got bigger, which was concerning. And so mm-hmm. I, I caved in, I told my grandparents and my grandma was immediately like, you need to go somewhere and get this checked out. And so,
0: yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. Uh,
1: so first place we tried to go to, um, it was like a, like a free healthcare clinic. And for some reason, uh, my, my, my grandma thought that we could just walk in and, and get it checked out. But you have, you had to be mm-hmm. a member. You had to be approved. Uh, you had to, you had to meet all these qualifications to, to show America, up there. America, uh, so so uh, when, when we went in there, I was handed a paper. She was like, fill this out. We'll get back to you in this amount of time. And so at that, my grandma was like, okay, just go to the ER. And so we went to the ER. I was there for five hours for a lump on my neck. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I, got a, I got a CAT scan done uh, in preparation for the CAT scan. I tweeted about this. Some people may have seen this. Uh, the, 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 nurse who was supposed to put the IV in so that they could put the cat scan dye in me. Uh-huh. Uh, she was busy with a, with a critical patient. So they had to send someone else who, who was like not assigned to me. And so he didn't, uh-huh. he didn't know I was getting an I, IV in to get a cat scan done. Uh-huh. So he put the IV. Well, first he, he like looked for a vein, like in my, in my arm opposite my, my elbow. Uh, and he couldn't find a vein, which was weird. I don't know. Yeah. I, pers- personal experience, I've never had a nurse struggle to find a vein in, in that part of my arm. Never. It's not-
0: I'm, l- I'm looking at that part of my arm, and I can, I can see veins in it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he just decided to do it to do it in the back of my hand. He put it in the back of my hand. Not a fun experience. Uh. uh. I, I, I am not a needle person. I hate needles. I, I I've had plenty of needles in me, but it's always a very unbearable experience. I've had I've had
0: injections in my hand before, I, I sympathize. That shit fucking sucks, even as someone who has no problem with needles.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so I sit there for about an hour with this needle in my hand, and finally the CAT scan people come to get me. And the first thing she does is she looks at my hand, and she's like, <sighs> that IV is supposed to be above the wrist. <sighs> uh, and I was like, Oh. (laughs) Cool. I can't do anything about that. I'm
0: not the professional here.
1: So she she goes to get another nurse, and I get another IV needle put in in my arm. But they didn't take out the first one. So I was just there for like two hours with two needles in me, and I did not have fun. If...
0: (laughs) To any of our listeners who might not be tuning in from the United States, this is just what it's like. This is this is literally what any attempt to get medical care goes like. Mm-hmm. Um this is how it is. Uh and it rules. I will um, say it's though it's very cool.
1: I will say. It was very fun when they came and got me for the CAT scan. And and, mm-hmm. and you know, you're 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 in the bed. You're not supposed to get out of the bed. And so they push you through the hallway and it was fun. <laughs> I, I it was my first <laughs> time being Pushed around on a hospital bed, and I f- I felt like I was in like Mario Kart or something.
0: Yeah, I never thought about it that before, but that does that does have to be pretty fun if you're not like actively dying, being carted around in a hospital bed.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they did they give you ice cream? No, they didn't. Uh, Fuck. This the they scanned me, got a, got a nice scan of my entire head. Uh, the the lump was pretty scary on the, the cat scan. Uh, Mm -hmm. but in the week since then, it has shrunk in size and I I woke up this morning to a $3,500 bill email, which is cool, I guess, uh, America, America, Again. again, uh, my grandma said that I, that I am to call the, the, the financial sector of the hospital tomorrow and have them Mail me a paper to fill out to to try to get financial aid with a with a three thousand five hundred dollar scan of my head.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, I guess always generally just worth noting is that, like you should always ask them for a paper bill anyway whenever you go to the hospital because hospitals love to charge you for like all kinds of bullshit. Um, yeah. Like they'll tack on like fifty dollar charges if like you did get ice cream or something like that or like for band aids and stuff like they, they'll 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 tack on a charge for anything they can so yeah good idea to fight it glad to hear that your uh that your growth seems to have subsided though
1: yeah it (laughs) it was it was a little bit scary because the doctor when 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 we got the cat scan done and he came in to talk talk to me about the results he he (laughs) he was like yeah it could be a cyst but it could also be cancer (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i was like damn that's crazy i don't want to i don't want to deal with that in my mind
0: really really hope it's not that really hope it's not that
1: I don't think cancer shrinks, so I think I'm fine.
0: Uh, I think it does, but, I mean, if it showed up over a week and then shrunk back down over the course of another week, you're, it's, I'm gonna my, my non-expert opinion tells me it's probably not cancer. Yeah. Uh, if any of our any of our um listeners are oncologists, uh, please correct me on that.
1: Yeah. What have you been up to while I've been dying?
0: <sighs> you know, uh, not that much. Um, I've bit uh what have i been up to um i've been pretty stressed uh just work related stuff um but you know what's new there um currently uh in the early stages of trying to figure out uh moving this year um oh. my roommate and i are looking to get a look looking to move into a bigger house um with some of our friends just to maybe split the cost down a bit more and get to live in a house like a townhouse type deal instead of an apartment
1: oh Nice.
0: Um, so that, that's been exciting. Uh, went and visit. went and looked at, uh, the first place over the weekend. So that was cool. Um, let me think. What have I about to do? Uh, okay. Here's one. Um, have you ever been, have you ever like had one of those moments, uh, where like you're reading or you're watching something that's supposed to be funny and it's just not landing and yeah. you start to question whether you have a sense of humor that functions? Yes. I recently, um, uh, my, my dad gifted me a book, uh, for Christmas, um, that he told me was going to be, it was really funny, uh, that I would really enjoy, um, and dad, I love you, if, if he's listening, he's probably not, if my dad is listening, um, I, I apologize, but the book that he got me, it is titled, uh, Year Zero, and it is supposed to be, the premise is that aliens violate Earth copyright, and they come to Earth to try to resolve that as a dispute, and I apologize dad but this is the most unfunny like gen x (laughs) humor piece of shit book i've ever read it's none of the humor landed for me at all i read like a chapter and a half of it um and i just like i just gave up i was like this is just not funny like every joke is every joke is landing like the steel pipe sound effect (laughs) um and it left me like damn like you know i feel bad like i wanted to connect with my dad um like he thought this thing was really funny and it just didn't work for me at all um And I was like, you know, do I I find anything funny? Am I I just broken? Do I just not work in this way? Um, And then the other day, uh, I was at Barnes & Noble. And I saw on the shelf, I randomly on the shelf, uh, was walking, I think, well, okay. I know I was definitely walking to the manga section, because me and my friends were going to the manga section, what you go to Barnes & Noble for. Um, But I saw a couple of the Discworld books by Terry Pratchett on the shelf, Mm -hmm. which I remember reading a couple of when I was a kid, um, and really enjoying them. And so I picked up uh, Nightwatch and Going Postal. Uh, Going Postal, I have not... I have read before as a kid. Nightwatch, I have not. Um, and I am pleased to report that uh, Terry Pratchett, one of my favorite childhood authors, has still got it. I still have a sense of humor. And Nightwatch is really, really good. Um, have you ever... Are you familiar with any of the Discworld books at all? I, I am not. Ah. Uh, Terry Pratchett is the UK's one good cultural export. <laughs> um He's like a fantasy author, uh, and he has this series of books called Discworld that are um, named as such because they're predicated on the creation myth of ever- the entire world is a disc on top of the back of a giant tortoise in right, space. Right. Right. Um. It, 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 I forget what culture that myth cre- the creation myth comes from, but I think it has some uh real life basis. That or these books are just such part of my childhood that I remember that that way. Um. But yeah. Uh. I've been I've been reading again. Uh. Something that I. Like as a kid and it's been a real joy to uh it's just been a joy to read a a funny unserious book um for once that i don't have to like force myself through so yeah i I would say i've been i've been rediscovering my joy of reading Um, cool i'm doing pretty well uh speaking of reading whoa um, what a segue (laughs) that was that was good that was good speaking of reading uh, we read some more of Godfields today, did we not? That we did. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk about, uh, part two of Godfields, which we read for today?
1: I would love to, but first... Okay. I, I... I have a little bit of Word of God information. Okay. Uh, Cloud's I, part. As, as some might know, uh, I, I have been co- in communication with author of Godfields, Sarah... On, on Twitter, in in the Twitter DMs, uh, mm-hmm. and she has informed uh, ap- informed me after listening to the last episode. Oh no! Uh, she, no, just no. She 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 said that she was glad that we liked it. Uh, <laughs> and she said, and I quote: "Fun fact that might be relevant. I actually had no intention of doing more God feels when I wrote the first one, nor any intention of making John Trans." I only huh. re- retitled it "God feels one" a little while ago because people seemed to miss the fact that there was more than the one fic. which I thought was interesting hmm. information. Because because we were we 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 were talking about how we were picking up on vibes last time, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently those vibes just weren't there. <laughs> I
0: uh, oops, oops. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs>
1: Which that, that it kind of makes a little more sense to me because the the first Godfields is pretty good on its own. It's definitely a mm-hmm. very
0: solid standalone project. So it, yeah, it, I, I guess it it, it it does make more sense now that I, our takeaway was that that was just not the focus because I guess it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, that's uh, that's actually that's actually kind of interesting because um, I think that. Uh, Cause I guess moving into this one, um, I was thinking about John's John and Jade's relationship, uh, in the context of that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I I I have no, uh, I'm not sure what uh, I don't have a clever analytical comment to make off the top of my head because that I that's 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 funny that that yeah yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Do you want so do you want to talk about uh part two then? Yeah. Let's talk about that one. Alright, um, I guess the, I guess then the part that everyone, uh, came here for. Um, so, uh, let's see. So, part two, uh, does pick up on the heels of part one as a direct continuation, yeah. Um, so, again, five chapters, uh, I'm gonna just go through them and then we can talk about the end about, like, anything that we want to talk, uh, specifically call out, anything we liked, anything we didn't like, etc. Yeah. But, uh, all right, I'm gonna take it away. Okay, so, uh, part two, uh, the first chapter. Um, in our opening, uh, John relives the memory of showing Conair to Jade during the Lost Years on the battleship. Um, this occurs during the iconic original, uh, this movie fucking sucks conversation. Um, but in between dialogue between John and Jade, uh, lifted from the comic, Uh, we are treated to John's internal frustrations about the movie, um, focusing on his perception of Nicolas Cage's iconic Cameron Poe. Uh, He recalls aspiring to that character on the screen as an ideal of masculinity, um, but now he sees it as stupid and shallow and embarrassing. Um, Jade turns the conversation away from its original course in the comic, um, and rather than uh, consoling John with an anecdote about her own childhood love for Squiddles that she later lost and rediscovered, uh, she encourages him that he's allowed to change his mind about things, instead of couching himself in his earliest conceptions of the world forever from childhood. Uh, at this departure in the conversation, John realizes that he's in a dream, and he has a fleeting vision of Vrisca as he wakes up on Rose couch. couch. Um, unable to sleep, he checks his phone, and he sees it's 3 in the morning, and he has a message from Terezi. Uh, Terezi uh, just wants to check up on him. Um, he mentions to her uh, that he saw Vriska in his dream. Uh, which Therese teases him about, um, considering that she shares a similar inclination. Uh, John Phil uh, explains to Terezi his, ex- his existential crisis from a couple of days ago that she wasn't privy to, um, and fills her in on how he's been crashing on Rose and couch since then. She listens to him describe his hang-ups about going back home, and she likens them to her own present habit of floating around paradox days instead of coming back to Earthsea. Uh she confesses that she's probably not the person to take any advice from because she's been out here running from her own problems the whole time but concludes based on her own exper- her own experience uh that john probably has some deeper issue that he's going doing his best not to confront by staying away from home um and she leaves the ball in his court uh letting him know that he's the only person who can really act on and do anything for himself uh in chapter two, uh chapter 2 um that was that was a yeah oh, 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 don't worry about it chapter two um john uh on the heels of their, his conversation with teresi uh leaves rose and can house to go on a nighttime walk uh the second person narration here uh muses internally on john's past few years on earth sea and the self-isolation that he's subjected himself to since um i th- uh, i we'll get that later uh, he walks by an open window uh, where a care patient is indulging in an after-hours uh, screening of Conair, of all things, uh, which prompts him to think about his dream and his newfound sympathy for Jade's years of solitude and his own particular fixation with Conair. Thinking of Conair, uh, his mind turns to Vriska, um, the alien who we really only knew for all of one day. Uh, he thinks back to when he showed uh, Vriska Conair um, and thinks back on her own response to it and how much it reminded him of his own, uh, and her own enamoration with Nick Cage in the movie. Um, and he wonders if she saw the same thing that he did. Um, and he, he considers, he, uh, he wonders if, uh, oh my God. I just, okay. 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 Deep breaths. English. Uh, He thinks back to when he showed her Conair, and he wonders if her enamoration for it, they shared back then, uh, would have eventually mutated in the same cringe towards the mood that he feels today. Uh, he starts to fantasize about her not caring, and how someone with the cool and aloof personality of Riska would just let something like that slide off her back like water. Um, and he wishes to himself that he himself, too, could be that aloof and unbothered about the small things. Uh... He gets self-conscious, um, and his mind, uh, turns to everything negative he's heard about Riska from her friends since. Everything about the bad things she's done, about how much that must be eating at her inside. Um, and the narration notes that, uh, it's a compulsive thing. He has to think, he has to think of those things. Um, he's unable to let go of them. His walk, uh, continues, and it takes him to a hilltop overlooking the countryside of Can'town. Um... John sits under a tree, and he savors the silence of the moment, uh, thinking on what Conair really meant to him growing up. Um, he starts to doze off again, um, and he thinks, that as, he thinks to himself as he falls asleep that maybe it wasn't being a stupid kid that prompted him to attach so fiercely to Conair, but it was him being afraid. Um, and he has this thought that he's been afraid his whole life, and that only up to this exact moment here has that ever really stopped. And then, uh, perfectly, uh, at the perfect time to find yourself free of fear, Vriska shows up. Good lord. <laughs> great. This great great. I I love the I love the John wasn't feeling any fear anymore, and then immediately shows up, I thought that was hilarious. Um Chapter 3. Uh in his dreams, John is once again scared. Uh he finds Vriska in front of in front of him, uh, and she declares that she's here to help. Uh, Vriska, in a characteristic fashion, uh, mocks him for his sad-sack nature, uh, in a familiar fashion, um, and says, I'm here to help you. Uh, John warms up to the ribbing pretty quickly. Um, he questions what she's doing here, uh, how she got here, um, and wonders how she's doing. Uh, he demands that he and Vriska engage in some small talk, just to, as a matter of ceremony. Um... Ruska tells John that she's been waiting for him, and she teases him at being unable to follow a train of thought to its conclusion, uh, which is a, becomes a theme in this conversation. Uh, he pleads with her uh, to have a normal, just, just let him have a normal conversation with her after years of not seeing each other, um, which prompts her to remind him of their first conversation uh, all those years ago. Um, and she does this by doing the long, drawn-out uh, John, which he parsed as June back then. Uh, this memory, uh, unlocks something for him, um, and he comments on, uh, he comments on that and says, like, you know, I never stopped thinking, I never stopped hearing that as a really long, spread-out June. Um, Vriska at this, uh, congratulates him for finally getting into the conversation, and she continues to push for him to stop stalling, which causes him to break down into unexpected tears. Uh, Vriska is unexpectedly caring at this turn. Um, more than we would expect from Riska when somebody starts crying in front of her uh, and she starts to explain herself um Riska offers to John uh what she explains is true power um not the power to inflict greater violence uh in a world post defeat of lord English where it post but not not the not the power to inflict greater violence in a post victory world but the power to know and to shapes oneself um uh. To make one's life better independent of there being a villain or not, if you will. Uh, and after explaining this to him, uh, she leans in and asks the hard question. Why does he like her? Uh, John, uh, at this, uh, admits that he thinks she was cool. Uh, cooler than Dave, even. Um, cool enough that his vision of himself at the end of the road that she promised to take him down was an image of her uh he admits this out loud to her and himself that what he really that the reason that he wanted to that was attracted to Vriska was that he wanted to be like her uh this brings us to this is the end of chapter three and we transition to chapter four so at this uh stunning turn um John declares out loud uh I wanted to be like you uh Riska turns this uh subject uh abruptly back to Conair um, John sputters at this, uh, and he questions what a dumb movie that he liked as a kid has to do with anything here. But Riska presses him onward and interrogates as to why he liked it so much if it was so dumb. Uh, after all, kids don't just memorize entire movies that don't mean something to them on some level. Uh, this is again a lot for John, and he recoils and he recoils from her and accuses her of only making things worse. Um, he's torn up and he's not sure how to process all his emotions in the moment. Uh. And he explains it to, uh, out loud to, to her as that he feels as though his conversation with Jade um a couple days ago filled him with the will to live. But since then, he hasn't been able to find something that he wants to live for. Uh, Riska, at this, apologizes and sympathizes with him um and says that she can offer him a reason to live. A reason to want to live if he just works with her. Uh John has a in his vision. John realizes he sees uh, Riska kind of uh, Riska's form kind of fall away for a second, and he realizes that she could be anybody in his life. She could be Jade. Uh, she could be even be himself talking back to him. Um, and something about and at this realization, he kind of softens up, and he's like, "Okay, and he works with her again." Um, he asks what her deal really is, and she offers explanation that she's really trying to help. And uh, if she's successful here, then they can both go home. Uh, and so he'll—he's—he's oh, he's like, okay, let's get back to it. Uh, at which point Briscoe once again raises Conair. Um, John at this point uh opens about his relationship to the movie Conair. Um, and he confesses that he didn't so much want to be the character of Cameron Poe. As to have him for a dad. Uh, John brings up his friends. uh, Rose, Jade, and Dave. uh, And how they had these really unique. Fucked up childhoods. That had a specific outlier. That just screwed everything up. Like Dave had an abusive brother. uh, Jade lived on an island in the middle of nowhere. Rose had an alcoholic mother. um, But he just had a normal. Boring old supportive dad. And he vents his frustration. That while dad was supportive. He ultimately was boring. And. He didn't feel like he was uh, the kind of role model that he really needed in his life. Um, he reaches the point of realization that uh, a vocalization out loud that he didn't want to he, he didn't, that he uh, wanted to be Cameron Pose and t- send his trails off and he turns to Risk in a moment of panic and he's like, oh fuck, is this it? Is this the whole thing? Um, and he's just shocked at the idea that all these years of suffering that he's uh all these years of depression that he's struggled with uh have been the root cause of it could be a question of gender um and with another prompting from Briska, uh John finally is able to admit to her and to himself uh that he wants to be a girl, and they tearfully embrace as he wakes up um, at this so at this point uh there's a kind of a weird moment where. The spirit of Risca is still there. Yeah, there's um, like a there's like a John.
1: there's like a brain ghost Riska. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like
0: the brain ghost Risca moment a lot. It's it's cute. Um, but there's a there's a brain ghost Risca moment where, uh, John wakes up. Um, and he's got a call from Dave. Um, and Dave is like, "Hey, where are you? We're all worried about you. Um, where are you at? Uh, we're all coming. We'll be there in five minutes." Um, John is not. John is a uh, does doesn't really quite understand uh that his friends are super worried about him It's just filled with ecstasy here uh at the realization of his own identity. Um and as he hangs up with Dave, uh he turns to Riska and they kind of have a moment where um John I, I I'm trying to think of like what I would liken this to. Uh I'm I in my in my I have like a very specific like vision in my head of like a character absorbing another character, but I can't remember what it's from. Um but basically <laughs> uh john and john has they have this moment where um john's like you're not vriska and vriska's like and you're not really john either um and then john realizes that the second person narration that's been present throughout the entirety of the fic and homestuck implicitly uh is a product of his own compartmentalization of his life um and his need to set aside uh Part of him is a watcher, and part of him is an observer. And that in this moment, uh, with that finally reconciled and him able to break that barrier down and uh, accept himself as like one person, the narration switches from second person to like a more traditional first person perspective from uh, June. Yeah. So uh, as Driska fades from the narrative, and we go into this first-person mode. Uh, Jade, Dave, Karkat, Rose, Kanaya, Jake, and Jane, just the whole crew piles onto the scene, um, concerned for their friend. Uh, June is overcome with joy at seeing her friends in this moment, and the realization that they're all here because they care about her and they want to protect her, uh, and they're just worried that she would do something harmful to herself. Um, and in this moment of triumph, uh, declares uh, her new name and identity to the group. Which brings it all crashing down when the response is complete silence and a what-the-fuck from Dave. Dave. Yeah. 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 Chapter five. Um, the final chapter uh, confronts a very uncomfortable aftermath of the whole situation. Um, the scene has shifted to Rose and Kiniya's home where uh, Rose has just finished summarizing June's version of events um, as she saw it uh, that the Vriska that she saw was a basically a, a splinter fragment of her personality that was created by her having retcon powers that came back to on the mission to make herself whole again um, and Rose doesn't really seem too receptive of it and unfortunately neither do a lot of people in the room <coughs> uh her friends uh june notes uh that her friends are all expressing different kinds of nervous discomfort around her at best um dave Carcat, uh jade all seem to have this nervousness to them that they don't really want to say anything um and unfortunately dave does choose to say something uh at worst uh we get dave's reaction which is about as outwardly rude and dismissive as it gets um he lets, he, uh, how, how do I put this? Dave, uh, unleashes some of his own pent up resentment, it seems, at the idea that he would suddenly be forced to accept her as a different person or as someone with a different identity. Um, he says that she's acting like a different person, which seems like a really fucked up thing to say, uh, to somebody who's like excited that they've just found themselves. Um, and Dave ends up storming out, uh, followed by Carcat, who, uh, tells June, you're valid and I support you, I'm sorry, uh, as he follows Dave out of the room. Um, Rose is not much better, uh, she's not as outwardly rude as Dave, she's not as, like, intentionally rude as Dave is, but she gives a, she says some pretty shitty things here, um, she based, uh, June is really, was really excited at the prospect of getting to psychoanalyze herself and sharing this with Rose. But Rose's response is, Rose says, you know, I thought maybe you were gay, but this is a lot for me. Um, it's really, it's really upsetting. It's really shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the rest of June's friends kind of follow in suit after Dave. Um, Jane is, uh, terse, but she does say, hey, if you are in every need of, uh, feminizing pharmaceuticals, is the phrase that she uses, uh, you can contact me, which is, you know, she does get June's name wrong on the way out, but she offers some, she's trying to be helpful, so, you know, I I appreciate Jane here. Um, Jake is just nervous about the whole thing, doesn't seem to want to confront it. Uh, yeah. And, as people are leaving, uh, Roxy and Calliope arrive on the scene. Roxy is eagerly supportive. She's very excited um, to hear that June has come out and uh, is like, hey, let's get wasted. I'm so excited for you. This is such a happy occasion. Uh, Roxy has a very different perspective on it than everyone else here does. Um, Calliope uh, seems uncomfortable at the, just generally the situation, but is tagging along with uh, Roxy and is eager to join them and get out of there whenever they go to uh, get wasted. Um, On the way out, Uh, John is... uh, Sorry. Oh my god, I'm doing it. June is confronted by uh, Jade, um, who wants to apologize for not having her back during the confrontation earlier. Uh, Jade apologizes and she says, hey, I'm sorry, my moment of weakness. I thought maybe Rose was right. And June says, I understand, uh, but apology not accepted. Um, This was the one day of my life that I really needed everyone in my corner and I thought I could count on you and you didn't have my back. And she turns away from Jade. Um, and Roxy is like, "Hey, you want to get drunk?" And she's like, "Yeah, let's go do that." <sighs> um. Yeah, that's 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 the last chapter. Damn,
1: <laughs> it's kind of a lot. <laughs>
0: it's it's really a lot. I was really taken. I was really not sure how to process transphobic Dave Strider uh, for a long time. <laughs> As a day of lover, as a day of lover, this this was a real hard one for me. What, what did you think? What did you uh, think of uh, feels 2? Do,
1: do we want to talk about what we like first or what we don't like? Because there, there are definitely things I kind of don't like about this.
0: Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, tell me what you liked about it first. Uh,
1: things I liked about it.
0: Um... Because we'll, we'll we'll get... Well, I have a couple of points I want to get to, but we'll get to stuff in more detail. Just, what, what, what did you like about it overall? Uh,
1: I really enjoyed the the Vriska conversation. Okay. Uh, I think, I think that was very well done. Um, I... Uh...
0: Well, that, that's perfect, because uh, one of the things I was going to ask you was, um, as our premier Vriska-liker, what did you think of, like, Vriska's use in the story. like what did you think of how Riska was used in the story
1: um at first i was a little bit iffy about it uh but but then the reveal that it's like not really Riska it, it like made more sense that this is more like june's idea of Riska, i guess mm-hmm. um that made me like it a lot more mm-hmm. uh i like I like all the stuff relating to conair i oh yeah i think i think that is a good connection weaving in a uh, loop uh of the june narrative mm-hmm. uh especially the stuff like relating to like dad dad Egbert. yeah uh i thought I, th- I thought that was really good uh i i pretty much enjoyed everything before chapter four <laughs> okay okay i i I, yeah. I didn't i didn't like hate chapters four and five but i do have issues with them but but yeah i i do think the first three chapters are very good uh-huh. at approaching egbert's gender identity and, and doing it in a way that's like really good yeah uh
0: i i think I had a similar experience reading the Riska conversation, maybe. Um when I started it, I was the I, I at first I was like, this doesn't this is not Riska to me. Yeah. Um But with the revelation that it's not really Riska, I think it started to make a lot more sense. I was like think like I was like, oh geez, this is gonna be something where Riska just acts like the the perfect mature version of Riska that everyone wants. Um but yeah, I think that when you Reframe it in that way of this is John's or June's version of where Vriska, where where they wanted Vriska to be after things. I think that that makes, that works very well. Yeah. Um. Have like, uh. I guess um. Well, I had a, what was it? Like wishful like wish fulfillment of Vriska, eh? When it's wishful fulfillment of Vriska in another in an, in a character in the stories, uh internal psyche, that's that's the good stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um
0: yeah. Uh so yeah. So I think Conair, um the handling of Con Air was probably my like my favorite part of the whole thing. Um I know that we've talked a lot about like uh the establishment of homostatic characters with a couple of defining facets of their identity at the beginning. Um and I think that Godfields Two was a really interesting exploration of like what you can do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really enjoyed just like the use of Conair as being a thing that like we know that John is attached to in the story. That I, I don't know. I I just really liked um the use of that as what uh, as the centerpiece of John's identity crisis, and I think it worked really well. Absolutely, um, it felt it, it feels very it feels very authentic to like something that someone would go through in homestuck I think uh just yeah because it's on the basis of being ra- about like this silly movie
1: yeah definitely
0: um so oh my god I'm just literally just forgetting all the questions I had before we sat down oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you got to write um,
1: down your questions you got to you got to put them in the notes
0: there's some there's somewhere <laughs> um turning to so I so yeah I, so the main thing was I really liked the way that it took that homestuck theme of a childhood uh, interest uh, and then how that echoes into adulthood later mm-hmm. um what is so I'm curious as to you say you didn't like the fourth or fifth chapter um how, how do you feel about what, what 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 yeah tell me how you feel okay how you feel
1: it 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 kind of started to lose me when when we transitioned from the 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 outside all universes area with Vriska to back in back in back on Earthsea. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I like brand ghost Vriska. <laughs> hmm. Uh Why not? I. I don't know. There's something about it that I can't place. that just it it it, it does not feel right to me. Uh.
0: Hmm. So the one thing that I was unsure of uh, with regards to Brain Ghost Riska, um, was just in the, the conversation following it, where we get June's explanation as filtered through Rose's re-explanation. Um. Like I feel like. It, Cast a little bit of into question, like how real Vriska ever was in general as a person. But I also could just be reading too hard into it.
1: I, I think you're reading too hard into it. I don't think that like the actual literal Vriska that was on Alteria was actually d- d- a, a gender construct all along. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. You might be reading a little bit too into it there.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, I
1: okay, okay. Uh, I th- I do think Vriska was a real living, breathing character who did actions and had had her own <laughs> life, and that the the Ghost Vriska is is just an idea. That, uh, that...
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I will not def- I will not defend my stupid interpretations of the text.
1: No, but the the, the it it started to lose me d- around the point of like John and Brangos Vriska becoming june uh Uh because listen i i have had my own gender experiences i i i get the idea of there being a person in in someone's life that like they they really want to be and like that being like a a core trans experience but Uh when when that the idea of that person is like now its own entity and and fuses with the person and that person starts literally behaving differently. That's when it starts to lose me. Um, and and I know there's probably more to it because like there there's ties to the, the retcon powers going on, and it's it's literally homestuck stuff. So there's there's probably <laughs> it's probably not like a a cut and done thing. Like we're probably not done dealing with that. Um, but I don't know. I. When, when, when people told me that like, oh, this, this was the, the June fic, I, I expected maybe a more grounded gendered experience. it uh-huh. I don't know. I, I have an issue with this idea of wanting to be like a person and then literally becoming a fusion of yourself and, and that person to an
0: extent. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 f- I don't know if I can agree. I, I don't know if I can agree. I feel like, just from the perspective of like, um, the way that it reads to me, is that June is obviously like very excited about being able to be truthful with herself. I, I, um, I get that, but it's like also she's, she's kind of a bit of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, like. People are kind of assholes sometimes. Like, I, I the way that I read this was that was is, is like very, uh, swept up in the moment of, very swept up in the moment, um, and is like adopting behaviors from Ruska that like maybe she wa- like maybe the way she wanted to respond to things in the past or just is trying to use like this newfound sense of confidence that she feels. I don't know. I I, I it didn't um it didn't bum me too much that she was like acting brisca like literally acting brisca-ish yeah um
1: it's not like it's know. not like i have like a huge issue with it it's just, it's just a, it, it kind of lost me a bit
0: okay just j- okay. just a bit what did you think of how it played with the uh narrate like the narrative shift from second person i to third I, third I, third? I i
1: like that i'm i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff i really liked it too um, um i i know the- i know that this was written post epilogues and the epilogues did have a bit of influence on it Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and that was something I was gonna bring up was that you can uh there's a lot it's it's a lot the the the, the first part was like shockingly epilogues y, but you can just tell now like how much stuff has been just referenced from the epilogues.
1: Yeah. I, I am a sucker for the inus versus unus stuff. It's 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 good. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I think that this was a it's I don't like it's it's a it's an alternate explanation for the Inus versus Unis, um, as was offered in the epilogues, but I I, I like this one, too. Um, I think that the... I, I don't know if it would work for, like... the I don't think that it would be what I would want out of the epilogue, specifically. But I think that when you're telling, like, a very personal story like this, it works really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially because... Uh, from the beginning in this fic, the you the narration has kind of served that... Like, we've been, like zoomed in on one perspective anyway we've been very closely tied to John's perspective regardless with the you perspective so with the you narration so I thought that the uh like turning into first person um was like a really cool was was really cool yeah in general like i I just like the way that um this played with like homestuck constructs I think I think that uh this chapter this this part was really good at like incorporating the childhood identity stuff that the childhood interest stuff in uh, the narration, um just in very cool ways. Um so let's talk about some of the homestuck the parts of homestuck that didn't that, that uh didn't become so cool. Um transphobic Dave. What do we think of transphobic Dave? Um I kinda don't like it. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's hard for me. So do you not like it in the sense that like uh it's it's uncomfortable to read or that Dave would never do this. Okay.
1: Okay. Let me let me let me let me put this out on the table. Okay. I I think media that makes you uncomfortable is good and okay. I I, I will always hold sure. that belief as it's art, let it do what it wants. I think I, this is a good thing to believe. I I, I I I don't have issues with this idea of a of a trans character coming out, and their their friend group, th- they're being friction uh, uh-huh. with with this announcement. Uh, it it's it's bold, and it's even more bold that it's happening in a Homestuck fan fiction. Uh-huh. Uh Because in in most fan fictions, especially when when a when a trans character is coming out, there there there's a tendency by fans to make it this like. Extremely positive experience where there's there's infinite support and validation and it's it's like this this completely idealized version of of probably what the author wanted to happen. If they are a trans person or like if they know a trans person. Like it's it's this idea of like what it should be. Uh yeah, it's
0: like wish people will write wish fulfillment basically yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah.
1: Uh i i'm completely fine with june coming out and it not being this like big big exciting thing that like everyone's on board for uh i think i think there are things in here that i i could see certain characters having a reaction to uh and and the way it's presented here i the the thing i kind of like about the way it's presented here uh is it's it's very clear that like of of the group presented here like there 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 is no other trans person in the room uh and mm-hmm. there's always been this tendency in the Homestuck fandom where people like will insist that like everyone's trans uh, most of them are trans you you know i i i joke about dave being the only white one <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh i mean
1: like like yeah i guess
0: yeah i was i was i was going to defend like nothing wrong with that
1: yeah um and i like the discomfort this year uh particularly with with how rose is handled uh she is this this analytical character who has like expectations of how something will play out and the the fact that this wasn't in the cards for her of what she was expecting to happen i think the way she reacts is very realistic of of rose Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to dave it feels like it's crossing a point where i'm like i don't think dave would be this spiteful it it feels like there's like a level of just dave being extremely pissed off about it that i don't really see being a dave thing especially at this point like i don't yeah. I don't think I, I, can, I don't think post Act Six Dave would act this way.
0: I can I can see that. Um I yeah, I personally uh I don't know. Me me okay, so me personally, um reading like transphobic Dave was really hard for me. Um both because Dave is a king and <clears throat> you hate to see kings being cringe, you just don't like to see it. Um I love Dave. We we know this. Um, but also because even though it's in the most absolute extreme, like, I've, Dave is, like, expressing a sentiment that I, in some of my worst moments, definitely have felt before. Um, what I got out of, like, Dave's reaction was, I, I feel like, um, Dave feels like, and it's really the line where he says, like, you're acting like a completely different person, um, and he keeps misgendering her and referring to her as John over and over. Um, Dave just seems to be upset that he's losing what he perceives as male companionship. I think this is my this is my imprinting onto Dave from when okay. I've been shitty like this in the past, right? Like, and it's it's hard because like I I've been. I know that I've been shitty to people, um, like my friends who've come out before, um, like in a similar vein to the way that Dave has, not as extreme. Like, I've never had this up with somebody, but like, I've caught myself thinking, like, you know, you're like, what kind of, like, you're now just a different, different person now. Um, and it's, it sucks. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I like transphobic Dave in the sense that he, uh, made me sit my white ass down and be like, damn, that's real. But also, I don't know if Dave would act like that, so I think you're also valid in, in, in that response.
1: You heard it here first, listeners. Aiden likes transphobia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not... That is very clearly not... I would like to be very clear, that is not what I am saying. <laughs> um, I just felt like Dave's transphobia here was echoing a kind of transphobia that, like, i've struggled with before um and seeing that like it made me it, 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 it like added another layer there where i'm like shit like damn that's fucked up yeah
1: fuck yeah i get what you're i get i get where you're coming from
0: yeah um yeah and i feel like as far as rose like the patrol of rose i have to agree with you i feel like rose uh this feels like an in character like we're, like this feels like in character for rose um yeah uh <laughs> I feel like Car K- K- being like you're valid also um got a laugh out of me on <laughs> um, uh yeah yeah um the rocks coming and being supportive bit um too um I just thought that was an interesting thing to add to the dynamic um because like just just the the waste uh the waste of it, the-, the waste in the room after uh the events of chapter five go down and most of june's friends have alienated themselves from her somehow uh the the like dissonance that comes in when roxy comes in uh happy and is like gender party let's go so happy for you uh egg bitch um and then just uh it's so uncomfortable i love it yeah it's great (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm just a sucker for the drama in the last chapter. Um, as uncomfortable as it is, I love Homestuck drama. Um, it's it's so much fun. Uh, and it made me feel really terrible. I feel really bad for June here. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, particularly, the like, the bit at the end. Uh, what did you think of the conversation between June and Jade at the end? Where uh, June doesn't forgive Jade. Is, is, she, is she right? Is she wrong?
1: Um... I, I don't know what to say about it if she's you right or if she's wrong, <laughs> uh, but I like this bit too, particularly from from Jade's end of things. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I've already said my my qualms about the way June acts, but de- definitely from Jade's perspective, this this does feel very Jade,
0: and I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Do you feel, do you feel like June is being too harsh to Jade in this conversation? Or do you think that she's justified in, I guess I'm asking the same question again. Uh, but <laughs> I do, I do think it's, it's something that I'm not sure how to respond. Like, I don't know what the correct answer to this is. And I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are. Are, are you asking me in the sense of, I'm, like, I'm these are two you... characters
1: talking? Or are you asking me in the sense of, like, if these, these were real people, <laughs> And
0: no, I I guess if, if these were real people, do you think that uh, June would be justified in having the response to Jade's apology that she does?
1: I think she's being a little harsh. Mm-hmm. Just a just a little.
0: I can see that. Um, yeah, it's like I could it, it, she's definitely being rude, but at the same time, she's just had this terrible just just had this experience where her friends were all rude to her in, in arguably a much more meaningful way. Yeah. Um, and then the question becomes like, how much can you like, how much does this universe's rose know about etiquette around trans people?, yeah. <laughs> which is just a question that we can't answer. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I felt like she was a little bit harsh to to Jade, but like I understood where she was coming from. I
1: I, okay. I would like to clarify a bit about how I feel about the way the way June is acting. Um, I, I'm, I'm of course speaking, speaking from the life experience of most of my friends are trans and also me too. Um, and in my experience experiences over, over the past, like 11 years of like knowing people and then in the progress of, in, in the process of knowing them, like they come out at some point. Uh, uh-huh. even if there's been friction at some point, I, I've, I've never seen anyone really act differently in the way, in the way that June is. And of course this is, this uh-huh. is coming from the, the, this artifact of it being like, oh, the, the risk of half of June was, was, is, is a narrative construct that was out in the fucking nothingness of space. waiting for for john to show up uh sure so so sure this is a synthesis of two characters and and yes that that would that would lead her to 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 probably act differently uh but i think on the grounds of like telling a trans story it 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 doesn't really fit the typical trans narrative at Uh least from my experience and that's, that's where my issues are coming from is I've, I've never known a person who's come out as trans. And even if there was friction when it happened at any and at, 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 nowhere did they suddenly act any differently. Like I, they, they were still mm-hmm. the same person. They, they, mm-hmm. they still had the same behaviors. It, it, it They were still them.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to defer to you just because, you know, if you have this experience and I don't. But um, yeah, I, the way that I view it, I I think I have an easier time, probably because I don't have that experience, but also just because, or I've I've lost that experience. I have we have a lot of the same friends. I have a lot of friends who I I go back with a lot of my trans friends too. It's not like I don't have any like yeah, yeah you know what I'm yeah, to say. yeah. But like a I I I find it interesting just because I see it as more of a um like this is a personal thing from June's perspective, and I guess to me it it makes sense that um. Following, like, a, a revelatory moment like we see in chapters three and four, like, it makes sense to me that June would be excited to, like, try to uh, reinvent herself in some capacity. Yeah. Um, like, I, I I can see that, but that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of how I see it. And the, uh, yeah, I, I see it not as much of, like, a literal, like, she's absorbed with this personality and is, like, expressing it completely nat like organically as such but more so as like this is something that she's been excited like that she's at least subconsciously been excited for for a long time it seems yeah and so she's eager to express herself in this new way so like i can i can suspend my disbelief at like the at like june talking in like riska's text color now and all like the homestucky trappings that come with that mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, I saw it as a a bit less literal, I guess. Yeah.
1: I'm not um, saying I hate I, it. I I I'm just saying I have issues.
0: <laughs> no, 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 and I and I appreciate I appreciate uh hearing your perspective on things. I, I think this is um this has prompted some really good discussion here. This is a really I think this is just a really cool piece of writing. Um Oh definitely, yeah. Yeah. It it does a lot of really it really it does a lot of really clever things with familiar things that we're comfortable with in Homestuck, and so yeah, it's I I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I'm thinking, I'm coming to the end of things to say about it. Um, so I'm going to offer, do we have any closing ties, anything we want to run back on, anything we missed on the first pass-through, uh, before we wrap this one up?
1: Um, I think we touched on everything that I want to talk about. Um. All right. Yeah, I think I'm good.
0: Okay. Uh, in that case, um, may I inquire as to what we're reading next time?
1: Uh, next time, we are going to be reading... Hang on, hang on, let me find the... Sorry, Archive of Our Own is a very confusing website to me. I don't go on here. Every, every time I look for a button, I'm like, where do I go? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to be reading Godfields 2 Part 2, Set in Stone. Um,
0: Whoa! the next part in the same series no way. No
1: way. Uh also kind of a bonus reading thing. Ooh. Uh when in 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 communications with with Sarah uh mm-hmm. she 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 mentioned and I and I knew about this but uh, but I'm just passing on the word to you and to listeners so that we could talk about it next time. Uh in case people didn't know Sarah's a YouTuber uh, and has YouTube videos, um, and I—I'm pretty sure it's after after she wrote part two of God feels two. Uh, she did a little a little video essay about the experience of writing it, mm-hmm. uh, and it is titled "What I Learned Writing Fifty Thousand Words of Homestuck Fan Fiction uh, on YouTube," and we're gonna okay. we're gonna we're gonna watch that, and if there's anything relevant. We'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> Finally, we could do what I'm what I'm good at, watching YouTube videos. Yeah.
1: Also, Sarah's channel is called Let's Talk About Stuff in case you can't find the video for some reason. Uh Yes. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch on that. We're gonna read the next part. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have fun.
0: We sure are. Alright. Okay. I think that probably just I think that probably wraps us up for today. Yeah. Um so, uh, do you want to thank our patrons? Uh, we can get out of here. Sure.
1: Let me go to the Patreon. Your two are still the same.
0: All right. So, uh, thank you so much to our patrons. Uh, Michael P, uh, Proof the 27th. And the other
1: 10 of you uh, Ashen1, Haxus3, Mel, Tezrak, Amber M, Danny, Caffeine. Gareth F, Simon Martins, and Corin, Thank you for money.
0: Thank you all so much for money. Uh, If you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash ahpcast. Uh, Also, you can check out our Discord server, which is linked in our Twitter. Um, That would probably be the uh, preferred thing to do. Uh, Come and say hi. Um, And in conjunction with that, I would like to extend our second shout-out to all of our listeners in general, Um, especially those who come to Discord and say hi. Uh, So thank you all for listening um means a lot uh that people are sticking around to listen to us talk about homestuck fanfiction. that's very cool um so yeah thank you guys all so much uh it really does mean a lot and as always our third shout out goes to alex our artist and editor/producer uh alex makes everything that we do here on the show possible um so thank you so much to alex for putting up with us uh week after week um and with that uh we will see you again uh next time as we read Godfills 2 Part 2, and we check out uh, Sarah Z's video essay about the experience of writing 50,000 words of Homestuck fanfiction. So we will see you again later. See ya.